How's it going, man? It's good to be on here. It is uh, a long time coming, my man. This has been in the works for about, oh, probably about a couple months, just thinking about it, probably over a couple years talking about it. Oh, yeah, but, uh, for sure. It's here. And maybe throwing it out there and seeing if anybody wants to listen to a couple guys like us chew stuff up and see what happens. Well, I know of at least five listeners. I got four family members and two boys, so that's six. Well, I so would say we I can, can uh, guarantee you a couple, but I can't even guarantee that. So I don't bring much to the table in terms of <laughs> listenership, probably. We we need all of Riley's A and M buddies. That's right. That's right. Maybe we can get maybe we can get uh, in on the cool, be the cool kids, you know, on the on the college podcast. Yeah, I've never been the cool kid, so I don't know. No, me either. Hey, uh, hey, there's a first time for everything, right? Like, what a better time to start. (laughs) Hey, that beard's looking good, man. Hey, you as well. (laughs) Right back at you. Looking at him. I I think yours is distinguished. You know, you've got kind of the, the, it looks very, very distinguished on the, mine's more of a kind of a salt and pepper mix. I'm kind of roaning out a little bit in my old age where you've got kind of, You've almost kind of got like a, a blaze going there. Well, I uh, paint my beard. So nice. I, I paint it and, you know, I tried to look really nice. And kind of well, put that's that, the, that skunk streak in there. So, Well, I was going to say, you're kind of a skunk-headed deal, I guess. I am. I am. Hey, that's okay. That's all right. Well, for those of you guys that uh, are curious about who we are, uh, I, my name's Matt McCrory. I am a... Uh, ag teacher in Troy, Missouri, and uh, have been for uh, roughly 19 years and 20 years as how many years I've been an ag teacher. And uh, a few years ago, I started uh, Black and Gold Swine Genetics with my best friend, my father, and uh, we've raised a few good ones. Uh, uh, probably the highlight of our career was uh, raising a boar called Change Up that you oh, yeah. got to show with Briley that brought good money at summertime conference, a Berkshire board that's now at uh, Shipley Swine Genetics and, and some things. But at the same time, like I've always had a love and passion for livestock and, and we'll, we'll talk about that and kind of the story of that throughout the next few months. But uh, I have a really good friend that always rooted me on. And that's uh, my, my partner and my, what I call my heterosexual life mate, Brian Williams. And, <laughs> and, uh, that's a pretty Brian, esteemed title. It is. It is. And let me, let me, let me say again, heterosexual life mate. So. Jot Brian, that down, everyone. Jot yeah, that down for future. Yes. Lessons. Yes. Well, anyway, Brian and I taught ag and uh, we always saw each other at state convention and we really appreciate how much each other knew livestock and valued teaching kids and and we just enjoyed seeing each other every single year and then at the state fair we'd root each other on and things like that and uh tell you what i i knew he was a true friend when after our first win at the at state level and stuff like that he called me up and says buddy i'm happy for you hmm. and i tell you what when you when you have a circle of friends that when you win and you're truly happy for everybody that's really cool. Brian's the star of the show, everybody. I oh, want him to, him to and we're in trouble. I, our can, apologies you again. Me, you can just call me coattails. So, Brian, <laughs> how did how did your journey of livestock production, judging, and things how did oh, that come man. about, my friend? Oh man, we need two or three episodes for all the excitement and uh, I would say trials and tribulations uh, that have gone along. Most of them pretty comical if you're not directly involved. 
uh, on my livestock journey. Um, and, and like Matt said, I'm Brian Williams and, uh, and I was a teacher for, oh, 23 years here in Princeton, Missouri, little, little bitty town right up on the Iowa line. And, and, uh, we have, uh, kind of jumped over into a different, uh, not totally unrelated, but different uh, endeavor now. And we own a company called judgingpro.com. And, and uh, if you find us on social media or, or subscribe to the site, Hey, check that deal out. And so it, like Matt said, I, I I'd retired, but as an ag teacher, we were very livestock and what I would call animal science focused as a chapter, as a, as a, as a group and, and had a tremendous amount of fun working with kids and, and kind of imparting or hopefully imparting some of the, you know, just fun and passion that I had for that industry over, over to a few kids and, and uh, man, it, it was such a fun journey. <laughs> well, Hey, well, we named it beards and banners cause we want to, we're good friends and uh, have been for many, many years and we've always talked livestock and, but at the same time, like we want to talk about how to, make good ones, how to mm. care for good ones and talk about all four species and, and hopefully make a lot of friends in the process. I think, a, I think it could be a really, really good beginning. Uh, we named the beards of bears because dumb and dumber had already been used. That's correct. Yeah. It is getting close to Halloween here. We should have at least sported the tuxedos. Yeah. For it those of you kids who We're are make that happen. maybe in the, in our college listening uh, age, dumb and dumber is a movie uh, that old guys <laughs> like us uh, actually went to see in the movie theater that was, dare I say, life-changing, perhaps. It, uh, it was it was quotable, and, and, and essentially it was memes before memes were a thing. Absolutely, absolutely. I think they're still being used. All right, Matt. This is an odd topic. Some might even say it's off-topic. So what's our off-topic topic tonight? Well, it's what you're watching. We can't be in the livestock barn all the time. And and I've been to a few barns where they got TVs in the barn when they're lambing or pigging or calving. Everybody seems to like streaming movies and shows. What are you watching? I tell you what, I, I am a streamer. I love to I love to binge watch. I love to sit down and waste an evening. And sometimes that's the only way I can wind down and I mm -hmm. can be dead tired. I can start a show at eight and then all of a sudden it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what am I doing? I got to get some sleep. But this week, man, I, uh, I stumbled upon a movie that I have to say, I'm a dumb comedy fan. Oh, and uh, Seth Rogen gets me every once in a while. And I watched a movie <laughs> called the, the long shot. The long shot. I've seen it. it. It's a good one. It is so funny. And so I tell good. you what, yeah, I don't know if it, you root for him because he's got a beard and he's funny and kind he of, is underdog, kind of part of the beard crew. Kind of the, the, underdog like us, I think yeah. so. But man, it was so hilarious. Like, I giggled through the whole thing. I laughed. I it was so funny. And I basic gist of it is like this guy is a is a kind of a, a writer for different magazines or different newspapers and different things like this. And this girl's the uh, secretary of state and she's looking for a speech writer. And she's she gonna she eventually is gonna run for president, right? She is. She's running yeah. for president and she 
basically she really pulls high and rates well on all these things, but her sense of humor isn't very high. Well, Seth Rogen, his sense of humor is a lot like you and I, man. Like and a he unique doesn't... laugh. Like he the dude does. has a unique laugh. And anyway, they they knew each other in high school, and he was always a big fan of her and rooted her on, and he went to go work for her, and maybe a love interest uh, kind of happened throughout the movie and stuff like this. But you, it was one that you – it was a feel-good comedy. It was so funny. It was worth my time. It was so worth my time. I even watched it last night. Nice. <laughs> it was great. It was nice. So, it's a good one. It's a funny one. I've seen it. It's That one is a, is one of those that – it's a nice break from reality. Absolutely. You just kind of hang out, get a few cheap laughs. It's a pretty good one. And those guys are awesome in it. They're fun to watch. But since this podcast is about livestock, one of my favorite things to talk about with you is some good ones and some good ones that mm. you've seen. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, let, let's go on ahead and talk about a little segment called Who's Your Daddy? Who's Your Daddy? Okay. Yeah. So the thought process behind this is, like you say, man, when we're at backdrop after we are judging a show or something, we always ask the question, what's this out of? That's right. right. It never Every fails. Where, Every what's time. this out of? Where'd it come from? Man, that's a good one. Congratulations. Yep. Let's start out by, by talking about some good sires that you've seen some really good ones oh, man. in the backdrop. Oh, man. You know, and, and you said it 100%. Like, if I'm out sorting a show – you know, eventually you hit, hit the backdrop and take some pictures and, and and you're just wanting to visit a little bit, you know, as you kind of sorted through and you've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of livestock over the course of the show or, or certainly sometimes some variety uh, in animals, man, my favorite thing to do when those things get to the backdrop and obviously they're the ones that I like, um, Hey, what, what's this one out of, where'd he come from? You know, what, what do you, and then I usually kind of followed up with, you know, what's the end game for this guy or, or this heifer or this, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. whatever, you know, where, where's your target for this one? And, and, uh, and, and I'm always intrigued, I guess. And by, you know, what are those things out of, you know, especially as, you know, you and I are, are trying to raise a few hogs. And, and so, especially in, in the hog backdrops, man, I'm always interested to know, you know, if one's grabbed my attention, what's the genetics on that thing? What's the pedigree? Absolutely. And, and, uh, and I, I love the answers and I'll tell you, I get a chuckle because, you know, almost always, not always, but almost always, that's always met with a question. Well, hold on. I need to ask, let me dad. ask my dad. Hey, let me, let me <laughs> ask real quick. I don't know what this one is. You know. But the best part about that is then dad's like, hell, I don't know. Yeah. Then, don't, let me ask mom. Yeah. So then mom has to look it up on her phone. On the phone. Yeah. Then she's got it. And then most all the time you get, you get an answer, you know, but, yeah. but it, it's a variety of things. And, and I, like I said, it's, it's fun. And the other thing is that I think is fun is that, you know, being at the age you and I are at, We've got to see some trends move through um, sure. some of the different species for sure. And and it's neat to see year from year, especially probably in the hog side of the world, maybe as much as any, um, because the generational interval is so much quicker. And it seems like those boars have a, a shorter shelf life, you know, in terms of popularity, how it progresses, you know, and one summer, you know, I, I know that everything, everything that i that I sorted, that I liked, that I was using, um, was a dirty secret or a dirty secret derivative. You know, mm -hmm. now if you go to the backdrop now, um, 
That's a name you don't hear much of. Now, probably they've got it in their pedigree. Couple generations, for sure, for like, sure. Like almost everything does. I would say the the number one hog when I'd say, "Hey, what's this one? What's he out of?" Tricked out, like almost always. Um, and obviously that one throws a lot of good ones. That one's sought after. We've cloned him, you know, and the clones are in high demand. We bred a, a guilt or two that way, and so um, I think that if I had to say, if I had to put my finger on one in terms of pretty contemporary, and what I've heard, it'd certainly be tricked out, probably. I agree. And I think that one has made some good ones. One of our best show guilts we've ever had was a tricked out. And yep. we uh we sold her as a bread guilt. And boy, I probably am kicking myself right now for letting that one go. But you know, feed bills gotta get paid sometimes. I mean there's so many, and we're gonna go into a lot of these later on. And every week we're gonna feature some. And I sometimes we're just gonna feature some breeds and sometimes we're gonna feature just some crosses. But um when I'm thinking about mine and just a recent thing that I've done and there's a believe in me guilt a few mm. years ago that my gosh Emma Sims had that sucker and I watched it throughout the summer and my gosh it was just so impressive big legged stout hip just so good looking and impressive she bounced upright but was she was just she was just an outlier in so many areas I think this has hit me about three or four times I said what's that one out of and they were believing me or a son out of believing me mm -hmm. um that I think uh it speaks a lot about him so um yeah. but to, I guess we used two uh premium blend boards just now didn't we yeah yeah I guess <clears throat> shout out to premium blend I guess hey uh, good for good for you guys good for those Keep guys up the good work all um, right, let's transition to steers a little bit. And oh, yeah. what you think right there, and we talk about all species a little bit. What's some steers that have been sired by some good ones? And who who's a lot of their daddies that you've been seeing? I, I think the the window's smaller, probably, in terms of what you hear. And man, I hear a lot of um there's a lot of in God we trust steers out there. Um and seems like those are the ones that here again, like when I go to the backdrop, seems like those are, are some that I, for whatever reason, I get kind of drawn into those, those type of cattle. And so that's the one probably, I guess, in my mind that sticks out the most in terms of, you know, over the past year or so, um, you know, when I ask a kid, what's this one, what's he out of what, you know, where'd this one come from? A lot of those calves are in God we trust. It seems like. Now, yeah, that's what I'm seeing a lot too. I you, you rewind that, you know, and, and same thing like we talked about the hogs. You know, you back that up five years, six years, what, maybe 10 years ago, <clears throat> probably the number one answer would have been Monopoly. That's you know? what I was thinking, my man. You know? And I'm going to tell you right now that, boy, Monopoly cattle, he stamps them so good. Oh Those clones do such a good job right now. Yeah, yeah. And one of my favorite sires of all time that I always looked at was Dakota Gold. Yeah, Dakota yeah. Gold is a Monopoly son as well, TH yeah. free. And uh, I tell you what, there's a there's a two heifers that I can remember judging a few years back that man, they were just so good. And they were monster legged, big bone, big bodied, so stout hip, big topped, and still feminine enough. And and they got around the room arena really well. And I tell you what, like after it was over with, I used that one to win and it, it still is in my mind today. I would say if you're, you're breeding that one for steers, you know, you're probably going to get 1450 before that one's handling qualities are where it needs to be probably to win a big show. But uh, I tell you what, angles were right. Really, really stout 
functional type of cows. And Hyo Silver, man, that thing, uh, I've seen Unique. some really good ones out of those, too. Cool I, I really, really do. Regardless of sire, is we've done a pretty good job of on that steer deal, I think, fixing some things that two or three years ago maybe we struggled with and saw more of. <clears throat> I think they're better. I think, and, and you hit on it right there. I think joint angles are better. I think those calves get around and sit down on their pasture and better. I think just in terms of basic build, we've made that skeleton a little better at handling the kind of mass and product and dimension that, that we're wanting to put on those, on those cattle. And well, you know me, I'm a skeleton fiend. A, a popping pasture and steer never, never suits me well. And I think sometimes we got to, we got to rein that in a little bit. I think when you're using one thing to blanket cover everything and breeding that same sire to 50, 60, 70 head, you know, it's just not going, it's not always going to work. Right. And that's exactly. what, and, and, and I get it. And I get why they do it. And, you know, I'm breeding some gilts right now to go for a home run and that's, I get it. We're right in the thick of, of club calf season, you know, oh, yeah. well, there's some side good of things ones out there, aren't there? Man, My have gosh. you been looking at it? some of those sales? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm just amazed at the quality of those calves. And it's not just, obviously, we're in an era where presentations, everything, and all those calves are incredibly presented. But, man, just the build. And, and to me, what I read is on the better end of those calves, the longevity and the feedability of those calves has just come a long way in the in the past, let's say, 10 years. Even on the county fair level, uh, on the top end, those really good kind of elite cattle at whatever level we're making them elite kind of put some neat things together. It's kind of a fun time to be sorting those things. And oh, I, agree. I would imagine looking at how some of them sales end up might be kind of a fun time to be raising them too. I I would say. Remember the yeah. problems we had five, six years ago? Oh, Those yeah. big course fronted. Kind of bowed, you know, get yeah. out their elbow and kind of come over at their yeah. knee. By the time yeah, those calves when got, they got to where to they 1,400 pounds, yeah, yeah. 1,500 pounds. I yeah. mean, they were just kind of train wrecked sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I think that's gotten better as you sort shows now. You don't see that as much. Uh, more of a, you know, more of a rear leg skeleton kind of a deal, popping pasterns. And realistically, I think I was very critical about five years ago, three years ago. We have to fix that as an industry. And I have seen less and less of those mm -hmm. out later lately and i commend a lot of breeders for you know fixing that and i think uh part of that goes with feed and how you take those steers oh, yeah. too but yeah, but yeah. i think uh people are people are transitioning and getting better at that every day so oh man and and at some point i know you and i are gonna it's gonna circle around to feeding livestock and feeding show animals and that's certainly going to be a big part of the things we talk about here and as we get to going and as we move further into episodes it's going to be fun um to to field some questions and have people reach out because you know that's I guess you know like you and I talked about I can tell you that you know we're going to approach this thing pretty pretty no filter and uh, and if you've got a question and you want an answer we're going to give you our best answer you know there's no one product out there um that's a that's a fix-all catch-all and i think that's what part of what people were understanding too is man i can buy this one he's not you know as a 600 pounder he's so cool he's so stout he's whatever he is and i think i can throw enough joint solution in him 
that he yeah. would yeah, that, that that pop in his passions, that's gonna get better when he gets bigger. Oh yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Skeleton does not improve when you add more mass and weight. Funny well, how guys, that I'm I'm 42 years old and my skeleton <laughs> is not getting any better. It I is can not. tell you. I uh it's it's just funny that the more maturity you add to him, the more weight you add to a skeleton, surprisingly, those problems don't get less apparent. And yep. it's probably by and in large, just not a whole lot of uh feed bucket remedies yep. for those type of problems. And it's probably a lot easier fixed uh genetically and just create stopping that before it starts. Yeah. Well, hey, speaking of genetic line, that sheep industry, that's pretty darn good. And oh man, you know, that sheep deal right now. I will it's good, it. isn't it? It's so lights tough. out. It's lights out. Like, you know, and, and we've fed a sheep or two. And I can tell you 100% that any any knowledge or advantage that I may have had, it's far surpassed me. Um, when I look across out at some of those drives and some of those breeders, and I'll, I'll be careful not to name a lot of names because I don't want to leave them to be out because there's so many good ones right now. But you certainly named one one firm there that's just got it dialed in, you know. And, and there's so many, so many good sheep breeders. And the quality and consistency and me maybe that's the big thing is those Mm -hmm. sheep guys they're certainly swinging to hit a home run like like we all are probably but they can it just seems like they can do it in such much much more quantity and much more consistency you know i've had the chance to go walk around and walk through some of those sheep barns in in the past few years middlesworth's hills some of that kind of stuff and I just actually had that conversation with a guy today that raises a few sheep. And and there are so many good ones. You can't just write down tag numbers. Yeah. Because there's so many good ones by the end of the day. There's so many of those things, regardless of what one of those breeders you go to, that are so good that, man, if you can go in there and look at 400 of them and, you know, there's three of them that you know, these are the ones, my hat's off to you. Because in my mind they're they're also good. And now so I can who's your you, daddy of the of the sheep deal right oh, now? Oh man, man. the sheep deal right now. Gosh, that'd be a tough one. That'd be a tough one. And and I'll tell you what I see. The the top end of a county fair, the top end of a jackpot, the top end of a state fair. And certainly when you get to like those division drives in Kansas City, that overall drive, and if you had a chance to watch it, oh man, awesome. If you didn't oh, have yeah. a chance to watch it, Get on there, go back, and watch that overall drive at Kansas City. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was awesome. My hat's off to Kansas City, and we've got a little bit of a dog in that fight anyway. And so, you know, that one's our hometown show. It's it's close to us. It means a tremendous amount to 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 all of us, and as Missourians, but especially as a family, that's one that we really really like. And and but here's what I'll tell you: if you look at that overall sheep drive at Kansas city and you took the showman off of them and you just turn those lambs loose in a pen. Let's turn them loose out there. It would take a way better evaluator than me to sort that thing because they are so good and so similar in how they assemble their skeleton. So similar in how they drape the muscularity that they have 
over the entirety of that skeleton. So similar in terms of how they're built, their joints, the preparation, the fat distribution. I mean, it's just, man, it's almost cookie-cuttered in terms of that sheep deal. And to find one that is really unique, and by no means am I not saying that they're not unique and they're not good, but to find one that just jumps out at you, I think is as hard right now in the sheep deals maybe it's ever been on the top end. I agree. Well, anytime I am around something that really stands out, I kind of ask about lineage or whatever it is. And yeah, yeah. it seems, it seems like bullseye really pops up a lot from yep. my type. And from what I, I tell you what, my favorite all time podcast of all time was when Schroyer was talking about his finding bullseye and things yeah. like that. And I just such, such a cool story. such a unique you know, find and, and the way that came about and uh, boy, but there are some good ones and I look forward to really digging in a lot later oh, yeah. on. Uh, it's just because what we want to do is we want to just promote some and, but also at the same time is man, just, just find some, Hey, this one came across my social media account the other day. Did you see this one? Wow. So um, oh, yeah. I think it's kind of exciting what's out there right now. And I think we're at a pinnacle right now oh. as far as, it is such a fun time to be around oh. good livestock. And so Man, good. can I get on my soapbox for a minute? I got I got to say something that I stand I up, tell, buddy. That I just I'll, that I tell every kid, kid, young adult, twenty five and under, and <laughs> and certainly the kids that I work with on it on a daily basis. And you know, if I'm doing something at Kansas City at the American Royal, and I'm working with some of those college kids, the very first thing I tell them is they. They need to kind of commit to memory how good these things are and how lucky they are to be growing up and developing as evaluators and as stockmen right now. Because I, I just think, I, I can tell you, bar none, hands down, livestock across species is as good as I've ever seen it in my lifetime. Uh, I can tell you when I was 20 and I was judging in college, livestock did not look like it looks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And there was times if you had to go sort, this is also going to upset some old school hog guys. My apologies ahead of time. Hogs were not fun to sort. They did not look like they look today. Sheep were not fun to sort. They did not look like they look today. Hey, Um, size them up, buddy. Buddy. I'll tell you, you know, and, and, and you'll remember it, but man, there was a time that sheep deal was dominated by natural sheep Mm -hmm. who were as suck gutted, Yep. As Tube, extreme, buddy. as frail, as hard feeding, non growing, bad skeletoned. But they were it, lean, weren't they? Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> and I feel like as evaluators, as breeders, as feeders, everybody has such a better grasp on things and a better understanding of how to attempt to make good ones, how to attempt to select a good one. And when you get them home, how to feed and manage a good one. And that results in like that. And I I know I'm blowing it up a little bit, but like that drive at Kansas City. Show me any of those animals in that drive that don't belong in that drive. Because they're in one. They're all incredibly just exemplary in what they are. And uh, if you don't, if you can't get excited about where livestock is today and you don't get excited about a drive like that, man, you need to, you need to go play some pickleball or 
take up golf maybe because you're probably just a fun hater anyway, and golf's a great sport to just have a bad day while you're having a good day, and that'd probably be more your speed. If you're involved in this livestock deal and that stuff didn't get you excited, oh, man, you need to reevaluate a little bit because it's it's pretty special, and it's pretty special where it's at right now, I think. That's my soapbox. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Keep your waitress. Tipper well, 25%. <laughs> That's right. That being said, you know, we talked about, you know, we're kind of on the who's your daddy thing. And uh, and, and one of the other things that you and I will talk about, you know, sometimes and and we'll kind of segue over here, maybe in into this um, topic a little bit that you and I talk about a lot is, you know, what's the best one you've ever seen? What's the best one you've ever seen? And uh, because it's easy to, you know, see a picture of one or whatever, but to see Absolutely. them in person, you know, is, is a different ball game. And I can tell you. I thought that that goat that won Kansas City was phenomenal. He was a creature. I mean, that was just that dude in a line of goats that I thought were elite. I think that's one that's special. And uh, and and I will tell you that, you know, we went down right after they slapped him and everybody was kind of talking and visiting. And, and I didn't get to visit with the family at all, but I did get to see that goat up close as they were hitting the backdrop. Pretty special creature, and I think a pretty special goat. And that one, he was, was amazing. He was, he was just good. pretty cool. And he was a freak. He yeah. had so much to him, and he was as nice profiling, nice to outline, right. and just jack necked. And he was just one so of those cool. You see at a backdrop, and you're like, man, that dude, he's cool. He's a lead. He pictures good. But to see him in person, to see the spread and the mass uh, that that guy came with, and just the amount of substance in that goat along with how he looked, I thought was pretty unique. And Matt, we were talking about, you know, what's the best one you've ever seen. And so I'm interested to get your take uh, in terms of what what's the best one you've ever seen. And I guess we could start, you know, we could start talking about cattle a little bit because I think we're going to talk about some cattle here in a minute anyway. What's, what's the best heifer you've ever seen? I tell you what, a lot of people don't know this because they think of me as just the hog guy, but like I've probably shown more cattle than I have hogs mm. in my life. Yep. But uh, in 2005, there's a there's a short horn or heifer um, called Maggie's Mirage 301. And Alden's had her and Tyler Alden was showing her. And I saw her at uh, Missouri Cattlemen's. I think that's at the beginning of June. I think yeah, about when yeah. I saw that one. And, uh, boy, she was so good. And she was pinned right across the aisle from us. And, man, we were staring at her all week. And I think they brought, like, a, a black heifer or a key heifer or a – might have been a steer. I can't remember. Now, it goes with the story. But that heifer was so much of a standout at that show. I mean, she just donkey stopped them. Yeah. And and I was so glad because we were shorthorns and tour and people root for each other and things oh, like yeah. that. And you know, she goes out and wins a shorthorn deal pretty handily. And then they come back and they have her in front of the fans and have a fan right behind her blowing them. And that I think there's I think it's a steer that they're fitting, and they're fitting a steer getting ready for the steer show right after. And I remember them spray painting that steer. And as they were doing it, that spray paint was just kind of going on her. Oh, and she, no. she, she was a white heifer. I was going to say, because she wasn't she white, maybe? She was, was pure she white. white. Pure white. And that heifer, I tell you what, all of a sudden, I think, I, I can't I can't remember, but I think somebody was like, what are you doing? Like, 
I might have been a dad or something like Speaking that. Speaking of Williams but, Luck, um, that's kind of a yeah. Williams Luck thing well, right but, there. But here's the cool thing. Like, it almost accentuated all of her good parts. It made her – it just – it kind of sharpened all of her edges, made her hmm. made her top bigger. You could see her length of hip and her oh, hooks sticking out. took a little out. black oh, outline there. It like really RT. did. And they took her out for Grand Drive, and she just looked like something, something different. A judge, like, he just – could not stop taking his eyes off of her. And she was so good and won that thing pretty handily. And then Sullivan's ended up, I think, uh, buying, uh, I think they bought full possession and in, in, uh, half interest or something in her. And, uh, and ended up, I think she went to a couple of national shows and did really, really well there. And I know that she's one of their most prolific donors. And uh, boy, she was, she was so good. We had short horns as well. And uh, gosh, my 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 whole involvement with the Shorthorn deal, and I know yours too. The Alden name was just synonymous with high caliber. Oh yeah, livestock and specifically high caliber Shorthorns, and and such a neat operation, such good cattle, you know, and put out so many good ones over the years. He's very good friends with my uncle John, and he uh, showed a few of ours uh, for uh, some national shows and things over the years. And I tell you what, it's uh, it's I'm always happy when they, they get into the backdrop because they're such a good family as well. Now, uh, is there a steer you want to talk about, my man? Well, I'll tell you, if we're talking about cattle, you know, and I I've seen I, I've I've been lucky that I've got to go to some of those bigger shows over the years and just kind of as a spectator and watch and. And but the steer, I, I will tell you, that sticks out the most in my mind that I saw in person. And I guess and I guess we should preface that, you know, what's the best one you've ever seen? And, and I guess I don't mean, you know, on social media or on yeah. Walton, but one that we've seen in person, you know, at a show. Um, Briley and I were in Denver um, I, in 2020. So this had been right before COVID hit, right? Kind of end of January. And and we'd gone out there with a bear and it snowed um, the day we were going to go home. And so we kind of talked it out. We didn't we thought, hey, what's an I was teaching then. So what's another day of, you know, missing school? And uh, we decided to stick around and watch the Sears show. We get out there and, and we're watching the Sears show. And obviously it's Denver. You know, you've got the three judges. You're having a good time watching. There's some high end, high caliber steers. And Guyers had a steer that year out there that wins it. Smoky steer that I can tell you, like the minute he came in, he was just a he was as good a creature i think in terms of the the fundamentals of what we're looking for show steer wise steer wise with some extras i mean just hard to pick a hole in super cool looking big and stout burly like good bone good legged like we talked about earlier good assembled that guy was just pretty special and i guess in terms of for me the, the more I looked at that steer, the more I thought, man, this thing, that calf's going to win this deal. Like, he, he's pretty darn good. And he did. He ended up winning it. But I, I think that may be – I think I think that may be one of the most impressive steers I've seen in person is the guy or steer that won Denver in 2020. Uh, last year, we had the 
opportunity to take a bunch of FFA members out to Geyer's farm and see how they kind of run and operate. And I, I think it was like 187 degrees on that day. And we <laughs> took a bus. <laughs> we took a bus four and a half hours to get there. And the kids are like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing, Mr. McCoy? But when, we, when they got there, his one of his daughters was there and Dave was there and his wife. What a hard work, working woman mm-hmm. she is as well. And and they took us around and they were so humble, but they were so hardworking. And you could see the determination, in their eyes and their actions and but they were also sincere and they, they didn't hold back. They shared secrets and they, they, they talked about things because, you know, they want that next generation to do it. And, and it was so exciting. The funny part about that is we're in there and the whole time I realized how clean it is and how good things looked. Then afterwards we go to a Mexican restaurant and there was like flies in the Mexican restaurant. And I send, <laughs> I send Dave a text. I was like, it just hit me, buddy. Like there are more flies in this Mexican restaurant. They're, they're wearing your barn. <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, we those those automatic misters are uh, are some kind of uh, fly repellent or something like that." And what an awesome show, family! You know, oh what an my awesome gosh, show family. and and, and, and they like, can help so many people too. Yeah. It's yeah. not only about them; they they also try to reach out, help a lot of people as well. Uh, that's a family that that has a plan every day, not just on show day. That makes me excited because the next family I want to talk about is the uh, Spoonster family right here uh, out of uh, Clarksville, Eolia, Missouri. And I tell you what, uh, I am really, really good friends with the mama of that family or the dam or whatever we want to call it. Right? <laughs> and she, uh, her name's Jessica, but I'm actually named after her dad and her dad really? was, yeah, my best, my dad's best friend, uh, was uh is him and anyway long story short they have uh uh dorset you they got from i believe the reynolds family and uh i saw that thing at a county fair and she's a dorset you wow that thing is an absolute creature she's a hammer i am in love with that one i don't know how she could get beat saw her three weeks later she looked even better saw her at the state fair looked even better and I understand, like, when when you're at that county fair level, you're like, man, that one's really good, but you don't know how good they are mm-hmm. until you see them against the best. That's right. And many people don't know this about you, my man, but you're a sheep guy, and uh, you have a passion for those uh, woolly creatures. What's you know, the best one you've seen, buddy? We're kind of throwing out. We're kind of throwing out some some beards and banners trivia here right off the bat and uh, that's that's i guess that is you know maybe one of those things that maybe uh, today not a lot of people know about me you know and is i grew up showing cattle and uh, sheep and never we never had a hog on the place I, I wasn't around hogs we didn't show hogs i didn't have any any affiliation with hogs whatsoever really until my adult life and, and started teaching ag and and so the hog deal which is obviously the thing that probably we're the most vested in and, and trying to raise a few of them now. And probably the most success that my daughter had in the show ring was, was came at the, the hog side. And we were lucky enough that to, to get to feed on and show a few good goats and a few good sheep, but certainly the, the hog side was the best to us. And, and, but it was, you know, something completely foreign to me that I had to learn. And, and I, I, I don't hear I go on my, I'll get on a miniature soapbox. Um, it's a great example that, uh, you know, not that we accomplished great big things, but it just goes to prove you, you don't have to be born into 
a, a family that's affiliated with a species or even no. showing livestock. And, uh, you know, I, and, and I'll tell you, yeah, I showed cattle, I showed sheep, uh, usually, um, to no avail. Uh, I was not, I, I never won anything. <laughs> I didn't win the state fair. I, I didn't, I didn't bring home any banners from the American Royal, you know, my, my probably biggest claim to fame as a kid is I won showmanship one time at Shoehorn Junior Nationals. Um, but I had a broken arm and I think the judges felt sorry for me because I, I had my, I, I tried to tape my show stick to my cast and it didn't work. I tripped over it and fell down. So we had to cut the tape off before I went in. That tells you a lot about my, my mentality and, and what I was doing, but, but, you know, you, you don't really have to be born into it. You don't have to know everything nope. about everything. It's uh there's a lot, so many good people. And I know we got off track there. I'll get back on track, but there's so many good people, so many good families, so much information out there if if a, if a person's willing to sit and watch and listen and look things up that you don't you don't have to be anybody's expert to to do this stuff and and that's kind of what makes it fun uh I'll, I'll i'll throw a buck out there that i saw that the first time i saw him in person i was just like man this this dude i think this dude's special i think he's a little bit of a game changer in terms of what he can do genetically and I think he has done that a little bit is the freestyle buck up at Hills. Mm. Um, I had a chance to go up there. We were looking at some sheep and they had the bucks in the barn. I had a chance to see freestyle and he just, he just hit me hard. He's my type of sheep, um, cracked open, big rib, good bodied, like big stout pin, um, real hemp featured and, and, and still like gets out and moves. Joint angles are awesome. Look is real cool. And so, while it may not be a sheep that somebody maybe had braced up or fit up in the show ring, uh, that's probably my style of sheep. And when I saw him in person, he was one that hit me really hard, probably. What about hogs? We've kind of danced around the hog issue. What do you think on hogs? Well, I tell you what, sometimes just knowing us, we're going to get a little hog heavy. And I tell oh, you what, yeah, I, heck yeah. I, I cannot, I can't name one. So listeners, our mom and sister, whoever's listening, uh, I, we're, we are <laughs> our, our apologies to, to our three listeners out there. <laughs> yes, thank you. They're like, why didn't you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't, couldn't we have done this in like a FaceTime? Did we have yeah, to record yeah. it? I believe it was Emily Montgomery a few yeah. years ago. Showed a Chester. Oh yeah, you know. Chester. Yep. And 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 anybody who knows me, I'm I'm kind of a two breed guy, Chester and Berkshires. And now we're kind of going out to the crossbreds. Okay, mm -hmm. to the I think we're venturing out into the we're into the crazy. wild side of the world a little bit. But again, I, sometimes you can tell a good one's a good one. And there we run a jackpot show at Troy FFA, and um, there's a there's a guild out there and. She comes in and boy, she was just so amazing and impressive and just, she was a banjo and she was so good and so stout featured and boy. And again, when she walked away from me, she couldn't have been more squared and stout pinned and like great looking thing. And uh, I I was asking about her and they say, yeah, we're going to expo. And I said, man, I think could win. And well, she wins overall. Chester Guild at Expo and then Reserve Champion at some conference. And yeah. and she had she just was a hammer. And oh, it was so good to see. And but at the same time, sometimes you see them with those jackpots and you think they're that good, but you don't know how good they are. Right, right. But then yeah. that that was a really, really good one. And there's a Burke Guild before I even knew who Adam Beck was. And I had bought, I purchased semen. I think we used a red boar called New Direction and, and some different things. Oh, I, I remember, remember that. I, remember I, that. 
Yeah, you showed a barrow that did. Really yeah, yeah, well. we had a new direction barrow. Yeah, and I, I, I always enjoyed talking to Adam. I was walking down. I think I was looking for you. I might have been even looking for the Montgomerys to kind of see where they at, or a customer, a couple customers, or something. And I was walking by, and all of a sudden, they had this burnt gilt that they were driving to the arena. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And they had a big crew around her, okay? And I said, that thing's amazing. And Adam's like, yeah, we, we like her. And I said, man, good luck. Man, that, that thing is as good as the gilt that I'd ever seen. Well, she ends up winning the whole thing. And, and she was so good. And actually, uh, Adam kind of got out of the Burks last year. And I called him, and I, I tried to buy her. And I think I was one of the contending bidders on her because – Boy, she was just so good. And she was a keep talking, if I am not mistaken. I want to say keep talking on a Kentucky loving. And boy, she was just, she was unbelievably stout. She was stout boned when before it was really, really taken off as far mm -hmm. as bone was getting huge. And she was good and just so much. She was so big backed, so much ribbed and center body to her. She was just so darn good. And then I have to tell you that JoJo guilt of yours. She was pretty. She was pretty good. Tell, yeah. tell everybody the story about that. Oh, Margo. Oh, Margo. Um, that was a guilt, you know. And she never really got anything accomplished. Great big. She was, I think, reserve at uh, reserve cross, maybe there at, at at CPS, and uh, and ended up ended up uh, selling her to Weisinger's. I think at the end of that deal, she was a, a JoJo guilt that we bought from from Jesse Heimer in the sale. And I, I loved her. Bradley and I went over there kind of bad weather, you know, and, and we, it was bad enough weather. We weren't in school. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I said, I told Bradley, I said, you want to, you know, and it's not, it's not just right down the road. I mean, uh, from our house over to Heimer's is, you know, about three, three and a half. Yeah. yeah. And so on, on good roads, which there's not really any good roads that get you there. It's kind of North Missouri up and down. It's kind of like a roller coaster. Well, imagine it's a, a roller two coaster. lane roller coaster. Yeah. And uh, usually some, usually some farm implements or somebody's got cows out or something. It's it's we live up in the sticks, and so it's it's not a it's a goat path to get over there. And so we head over there, and we're looking at hogs, and you know a little bit some of those places. And we talked about it on the sheep deal. There's so many good ones that you got to kind of write yourself some notes, you know. And uh, and I had this guilt wrote down, and, and she was the number like the number one guilt I had wrote down. And there were some really good hogs that came out of that sale. And uh, what'd she bring like 8,000? What'd she bring for you? <laughs> well, that's maybe my, that's why we owned her is because uh, she was a one <laughs> bid deal. Um, I don't know if Jesse wants me telling this story or not, but I, I actually text boots. You know, I, I got on her there, started the horse race and hit her, you know, opening bid thinking, well, you know, she's going to light up here any minute. Cause the note I had, I still have the note. I have the note on my phone. Um, buy this one if you can. Can't afford, afford her. Yep. Can't afford her, probably. And uh, thought she was unique. And, and she was skinny. I mean, she was skinny. She was a little beat up. She didn't, she wasn't maybe the shiniest one in there, but just super cool and and just so like cracked open and big legged and still good, good looking. Anyway, um, it gets about 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. And, and, you know, that's still relatively early for pig sales. And you know how that goes. You're, you know, you're trying to, see where you're at and you're nodding off in your easy chair and all that stuff. And, or if you're like, I am, you just eventually fall asleep and lose them anyway. But I, uh, 
you know, it gets to be 10, 11 o'clock. I text Boots and and I'm sure he probably had other pressing matters, you know, at that point. And I'm like, man, you know, I realize, you know, whatever the opening bid was, 350 bucks or whatever it was, I, I'm not going to get hurt here, but am I screwing this up? Like, what did I miss? And he's like, I don't know, man. I thought she was a nice skill. <clears throat> I'm like, okay. We end up getting her. She's one bid deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Bought her just whatever the opening bid was. Got her home. That thing started eating. And uh, went just kind of went to town and uh, we took her. The, the funny part of that deal is that she never won a jackpot show. Um, we took her, we hauled her some of those early deals. She'd, she'd win her class, uh, might get a piece of the cross deal. Maybe I think she was like reserve one time mm-hmm. at a jackpot, but she was just so unique and so different in terms of what was out there that year that it was just, she just, I think folks didn't know what to do with her. Heck, I, I was feeding on her, and I didn't know what to do with her. Well, and, I tell you what. I So I mentioned earlier how we, we kind of went together on the change-up bore and how yeah, that yeah. kind of happened. And when I brought that change-up bore up to you, and you started showing me all the pigs that you had on feed and things like that, and you brought her out. I I mean, I was like a cartoon character. My jaw <laughs> dropped. It was, you un- probably, it was unreal. You were yeah, probably just, more excited I, about her than I was I, just because you know how that goes. I had goes. never get... seen legs that big. I had never seen feet that large. Toes were perfect. Like, here's the deal about her. She was so wide, massive, big topped that you would have had to have a three-foot-long neck to really go along with the rest right. of her, okay, yep. to make her really bounce out. So, anyway, what happened was some people thought she was jammed up, but – Part of that was because that white on the crest of her neck kind of yep. creeped up a little bit. And that was probably one of the things to that... tell where she's kind of started there or ended there. Yep. But she was so good. And then you take her to Springfield. Didn't do yep. as well as you like, but right. everybody liked her and everybody and she ends up, her. Ends up being the high selling guilt, um, high selling cross guilt, I would say, I guess, instead. But but what'd she bring not nine thousand dollars or what yeah she- i think I, I can't remember now exactly what she did bring i know that uh you know nate nate bought her took her up there and uh and i know that she's produced uh, a boar or two um mm-hmm. and uh has had some pigs that have sold incredibly well um well, sold well enough, I can never get one bought out of her. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> because I've always kind of wanted to try to sneak a guilt out of there. But yeah. funny thing is, they, I, they're they usually a little out of my price range. And so, um, no, that was one that was, uh, she was fun to feed on. Because no matter yeah. what you threw on her, threw at her, she just it kept just rolling. Stuck. It's nice to have one once in a while that just fed, you know, like a hammer. Just everything you did dropped and went and, and, and fit like it was supposed to. And she was a fun one. Yeah, I could see it. I could definitely see it, but she was really good. I, I She's one that I'll never forget. And I, I'd say the last one, like just sort of different and things of what I've seen is uh, that statement day bore that old Max Heimer drove at Louisville that year. He was so unique for a red hog. I agree. He was so, he was, he was, he's so, on my list as well. He was so opened up. He was so square, big legged and, and moderate in his build. And I just thought, he was exactly what that breed needed mm-hmm. at that time. And guess I what? I wasn't wrong because I think a lot of other people thought the same thing. Yeah. I, from what he brought, I think we weren't the only ones that liked him. And, but when I saw that guy, he hit me. He was one that uh, that I thought was a game changer within that breed. I thought he was incredibly unique. 
And mm-hmm. I think no matter what color you paint them, no matter where you put their ears on their skull, I think that's one that uh, I think when you saw that one in person, left an impression. And as as a red hog, I will remember probably for a long time. There's uh, there's so many of those good ones that we can talk about, and we'll save some of that for future episodes. And for sure. And I would encourage you, all three of our listeners, um, reach out to us on social media or, or just shoot us a text um, because we're interested to know, you know, what what's the best one you've seen? What? There's this HBO show, I believe, called Vikings. And, you know, I just think those guys look pretty cool. So I have my uh, Viking headgear on today. And <clears throat> at the same like time, uh, we, we have to realize something because since it's close to Halloween, there's a guy right across from me on the TV monitor <laughs> here that uh, is kind of famous uh, for some uh, Halloween costumes. Uh, Brian, you want to tell us about a couple of them? I I don't know why we started this podcast this close to Halloween, because inevitably the Halloween costumes are probably going to come up. Uh, you know, Halloween, kind of a fun, kind of a fun uh, holiday to celebrate and get to dress up a little bit and opportunity to uh, experiment a little bit with some costumes and do some fun stuff. And uh, I got it. I, I was. Uh, I've been uh, Alan from The Hangover, which is probably the obvious one. Um, when you look at that's me, probably my favorite one. That's of yours. Uh, that's one that. Uh, and I didn't I, you have Carlos strapped on? I did. To your I did. Too? I had Carlos. I had the whole deal. The Alan one was a big hang. Uh, the Hangover deals as a big hit. One year I was Post Malone. Um, no uh, kidding. Yeah, chubby, a chubby Post Malone. I hey, those uh, those uh, laser removal, tattoo removal. It they, is they worked out pretty well. It is coming uh, very well. <laughs> um, painful, but worth it. Um, probably, if if you if you if you know me or you followed social media, the one that probably people get the most excited about is the rip costume. Um, For sure. The the rip costume and I guess the big the big claim to fame there is obviously Yellowstone, uh, pretty popular and and uh, if you live in a, a backwoods rural, um, off in the sticks part of the world like like I do, uh, Yellowstone pretty popular show obviously and uh, and so it was a pretty easy jump there dressed up as Rip somehow or another uh, somebody puts that on social media okay and it. I would suppose you would say it went viral. Okay. And I was getting messages and calls and texts and Snapchats from people that I hadn't talked to in a long time that had seen it. It made it all the way to the Yellowstone, the official Yellowstone page. No way. I, I'm not making this up. That's something I didn't know about you. And uh, the guy that plays Jimmy on the show messaged me and followed me on Instagram. Um, and so it, the, I like how it's Jimmy. It's not like, I don't know. His, I, I, like I should know his name. I should, I, I should look like, it up real quick. I should know his no, name. But it's Jimmy. The esteemed like, actor who portrays Jimmy in yeah. Yellowstone for all well, of the he, Yellowstone. And he has grown on me over the years. Oh so. yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought maybe it would be, uh, you know, Beth or somebody that would reach out as it turns out it was Jimmy sure. um, Williams luck again. Um, but that one was popular. That one got, uh, it was a big hit. That one's hard to top. And so today, well, you've got on your Viking uh, hat, which I'm very fond of, by the way, I'm a little jealous that I don't have that. 
Um, it might be a every podcast signing. Hey, thing. I think I think it's a good look for you. I so, know. to me, you look like the most interesting man alive. So surprisingly, I was the most interesting <laughs> I, man I in the know, world. I, know. Um, I think I think that you you really really pulled that one off really well, my friend. That one was maybe one of my favorites. That one was the good one. It took a while to get all the. And much like when we fit Barra's up, I had to go to the wash rack and get the, all the gray <laughs> paint out of my hair and beard. Today, I wouldn't need Today to paint be my beard fine. quite as much. But uh, and in the younger days, my beard was a a little darker hue, a little darker. Absolutely. Shape. Hey, it's time for our sales spotlight of the week. Matt, what do you got for us? When you get the opportunity to really promote friends of yours, there's nothing better. And Meyer Cal Company is based out of uh, Bowling Green, Missouri, and they're having a sale this week called Performance in the Pasture. And when you think about starting with good cattle and good stock, you got to have good cows. Oh, yeah. And Brock and Michelle Meyer, they know what it takes. And they have reached out and they've gone to Montana to Express, and they have really formulated a great herd based upon balance based upon numbers and based upon being able to withstand just being in the pasture and, oh, yeah. and be able to function. Good it's, it's, functional cattle that have got some bells and whistles and extras. And I have had the pleasure over the last few years to kind of see them evolve. I've done that through looking up what great cows are out there finding those cows, identifying them, and then bringing them back into their herd and really doing a really good job of making sure they can flush those really cows. good job of putting embryos in recips and making sure that they breed to the right bulls. And I tell you what, this guy right here, Brock Meyer, he really puts his time in. He makes sure that he identifies what bulls are out there, what their EPDs are, but also ask, are they going to be functional? He's put together a really good string here, and I can't wait to talk about it. Man, we had a chance to look through the catalog, Matt, you and I both, and I think there's some exciting lots in there. Tell us what you what are you thinking? What are you liking? What are you watching in this sale? You know, I, I had the opportunity to talk to Brock a little bit. Well, when you look at numbers of that lot one bull, they are, mm. are phenomenal. And this guy right here, he's going to be a high calving ease bull. His his yearling weight and performance numbers are off the charts, but his marbling is so high. And I tell you what, this is a no holes type of a bull that you can't go wrong. I tell you what, a lot of people I think are really going to be in on this one. So you yeah. better kind of pay attention. Well, and the Lots neat thing about that bull too, is that he's not just numbers. Um, he's going to give you obviously some genetic advantage, but he's a front pasture bull too. He's one that you can go to the coffee shop and kind of say, yep, that's my new bull. Looks pretty yeah. good, doesn't he? Lot two, they say, is also really exceptional. And the bull that I kind of really gravitate toward is I like my Angus bulls to be really big bodied, really, really deep flanked. And, and that's that lot three bull. And this guy is so stout. He is so big hipped. And I tell you what, uh, Brock and I were talking. We think he's going he's to be a fan favorite sale night. And I think people should kind of look in on that one. These guys – have had national champions. They've had a fifth overall at the junior nationals. They've had a fourth overall at junior nationals the year after. And then they had champion junior and champion open at Reno just a couple of years ago. And when you think about that, being able to perform not only 
in the in the pasture, but also take that into the show arena. Yeah, that's that's next level. And well, I think that's what so many people are trying to do. And 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 Brock and Michelle have done such a good job with the reason he's able to put these cows or these bulls out there is because the cow power behind these things is so impressive. And he's really sad to get rid of one of these things. And I bet you can tell me which one that one is. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, you know, it didn't take me long and, and I didn't have a chance, you know, uh, I wish I could go see him in person and we've been busy, but man, looking through the catalog, the one that I guess instantly is intriguing to me is lot 28. And that's, that's the Meyer Rosemary 1086 female. I think that that is an awesome opportunity. If somebody's wanting to elevate their cow herd, elevate their female side of what they do, I think you do it in one purchase right there. That is an awesome, awesome Angus female. I think that she is so good, you know, just from a silhouette standpoint, from an elegant oh, standpoint in, in terms of her front one third. When you study that girl's build and design, I think that's those are the ones we're trying to make. Then when you get to looking at, at just cow power and body and, and just production value, you know, it surprises me that they're letting loose a one like that. But what an opportunity in terms of that sale and, and somebody to go in and sneak one out of there that is obviously an, an elite, high caliber donor prospect. Yeah, and that's what he was talking about. He says it was so hard. And he says it's probably the best one he's ever let go off the place man it's it had to have been a, a tough discussion to have but man if you're looking for one i'd jump in there and start taking advantage of maybe getting an elite female like that in my operation and i've got to see some of these commercial bread heifers they're offering and uh they're offering about eight of them and, and they are mm -hmm. really fantastic and if you're just looking for some good commercial cows good functional practical you bet yeah, you don't have to worry about him because he's already take, done the work for you. He's yeah. done the research. He's put the cows together. He's done the research on calving ease on the bull side. If you take care of these things and watch them, you should have no problems. And I tell you what, I, you're going to have some really good luck with them. And, and I think there's some really, really unique opportunities to go and get you some commercial cows that you can go back and make some money. And, and I think they're going to be really profitable for you. You know, Matt, I, I agree. And looking through that catalog, I was so impressed, uh, not just phenotypically, but genetically as well. And the pedigrees on those on those creatures. If I was those guys, I'd be excited about the upcoming sale. Tell our listeners, Matt, some of the details. When is the sale? Where is it at? How can they get a hold of those folks uh, to inquire about those lots? Well, I, I'd love to tell you that. Uh the sale's in Bowling Green, Missouri, and it's at their farm. And, and you can find that uh, their sale book uh, online. And, and the, if you are not able to make it to the sale, they can, they can see it that night on BB Auctions. Hmm. And the sale starts at 6.30 p.m. But I highly, highly recommend you giving Brock or Michelle a call on on sale day or before and talk through some of these lots to see if they can help you and steer you in a direction that can help you whether oh, you're yeah. breeding five to ten heifers or if you're going out and trying to breed 40 cows they have some advice for you they know the way that you need to go i just root for those type of people and mm -hmm. i i wish them all the best of luck in their uh their sale coming up this Friday. Now, if you're an operation that is having an upcoming sale and you'd like to market that with us just give 
uh, my good buddy, Brian Williams, or myself a snap or DM us. And we'd love to highlight your sale in the upcoming weeks. And what we can do for you is we could do a number of different things. We could talk about several lots or just mention it, but we'd love to help you out. Just reach out to us if you'd like to kind of go that route. We love talking livestock. We love meeting new people and we love promoting the industry that we love so much. Reach out to us if you will. Exactly. Right on. Get a hold of us. We want to help out if we can. And one of the things we'd like to know from our listeners is something that we feel very strongly about. What's your playlist? And so oh, throughout yeah. our throughout our podcast, we want to feature one or two playlists every single episode. What are you listening to kind of light going down the road? What are you listening to in the barn when you're cleaning pens? What's what gets you going? What keeps you, Absolutely. Keeps you fired up? What's that playlist that's going on in your head when you're taking that bear to the grand drive? Then I think about that. I think about, I have two playlists. I have a playlist when I'm at the barn alone. And I have a playlist <laughs> that my sons can listen to. You've got, you've got younger ears in your barn than I do. I do. I do. We have uh, some, some kids that can take things the wrong way. Let's just say that. So, but when I'm alone, man, I tell you what, some notorious B.I.G., mm. some uh, Jay-Z Big Pimpin'. Oh, yeah. I cannot get enough Snoop Dogg in my yep, life. preach on. What, two kind of outliers that they're probably only connected by Willie Nelson, if you get that joke. But uh, old uh, cross-Canadian ragweed, CCR oh, yeah. and Pat yeah, yeah. Green. Yeah, I yeah. tell you what, if I could, if I could just have a day shoveling manure, cleaning out barns and washing pigs, listening to those, that that's what that would be on there. Now, when my boys are around, it's different. It's Luke Combs, it's Luke Bryan, a little bit of Garth Brooks in there. We got some Taylor Swift. We're Travis Kelsey fans, my man. And that's uh, right. Doesn't hurt to be a Swifty right now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it kind of varies a little bit about the other things. My my son really likes Eminem, but there's only so much Eminem that you can play still. So <laughs> that's kind of what's in our deal. What's in your playlist, my man? Oh man, you know. Some of that's we're showing our age a little bit, obviously, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but the, here, here's what I'll tell you. Young people, I'm, I'm speaking directly to the young folks right now. The classics never go out of style. And, oh, no. You know, stop, stop your mumble rap for a minute and go back and listen to a little NWA or Jay-Z. Uh, go check out some of Snoop Dogg's early stuff. You, you can't get better than that. That's where it's it all, so that's where it all comes from. I, and and man, that era of, of that music, and, and it might surprise you when you look at you and I, you probably don't go, man, I bet there's a guy that listens to Jay-Z. I bet there's a guy, you know, <laughs> that tried to go to an NWA concert one time in high school. Um, but th that's the truth. Um, I'll tell you, man, I I'm a sucker for uh, for some of that stuff. And, and, and we talked about Eminem, man. Shout out to Eminem, native Missourian. I, I know he got famous uh, in Michigan in Detroit, as a right? Detroit yeah. guy, but born in St. Joseph, Missouri. I'll I never, did not know that. Never let that one go. Um, he's a Missourian. I don't care what anybody else says. Um, and then, uh, and then, man, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm getting to that age, Matt. I'm getting to that age. A little bit of dad rock in there too. Like I, I like a little dad rock on my playlist. Um, you know, some ACDC. Uh, oh, yeah, baby. A little Guns N' Roses. Ooh. You know, 
kind of a I'm, I'm kind of an 80s kid and kind of come up on that stuff and a little bit of Def Leppard uh doesn't hurt anything um but a little Aerosmith, even a little Rolling Stones, man. Oh, even me little, too. You know, Their live know. album, 40 oh, Licks, good you know, stuff. But I'll also say this. Um, um, I was pretty, I, it was a struggle for me to like country music uh, for a while here. I'm not big on like bling jeans and tight t-shirt wearing guys telling me about their pontoon boat just didn't float just didn't go with me i guess doesn't get me jazzed up you know but uh man uh giovanni and the hired guns check that out if you haven't checked it out there's some good stuff there tyler childers man i I'm, oh. that. I'm i'm way in on that stuff and so there's some there's some there's some guys that are starting to really do some cool stuff there but yeah when it comes down to it Eminem, Jay-Z, NWA. And if that stuff, Dropkick Murphys, shipping up to Boston. Hey, we got a little Irish in us. and uh, Oh, yeah, we do. You can't, if you got a little of that going on and a little bit of, a little bit of the Irish blood in you, you can't listen to that one and not get excited about it. And so, um, yeah, we're old school, probably in my barn. My daughter would tell you, a lot of times, you know, she had, she was forced to listen to all that stuff, even at a young age. <laughs> Um, parenting advice, people. Um, my daughter probably was listening to that stuff at an age where she shouldn't have been. Um, but she's got a dad that was probably a pretty marginal parent. And so she got to listen to some of that stuff. Um, not Joni, not Joni. No, no. She had half, half of the parentage was pretty marginal. And, Thank you, uh, Joni, for all you did. For yes. Her. And so. Um, but now she's a college kid and she, she knows all these cool songs and all these old school artists and knows all the, so now, you know, there's value to that. She'll send me a So is, is there still that early nineties or late nineties, early two thousands? There's still what we call what the kids call bops. Oh, like, uh, like pop music, like well, no, I don't know. Like, are they still getting down to Fat Joe and you know Jay Z, Pitbull, all those? Yeah, oh man, Pitbull, Miami, Havana, three hundred five. That's all I know. That's the only Pitbull song I know. But I think that's also <laughs> every Pitbull song. I love me some Luda too. You oh man, Luda. yeah, Luda. he was good. We were looking for reasons to, or ways to close this thing out and. Mm -hmm. Every week we want to close this with a kind of inspiring message and I'll be just totally just rip the bandaid off and be totally raw here. I'm a person that, you know, struggles every once in a while with mental health and, and one that really understands that we have to look out for each other. And I found Brian and I have the most supportive person in the world that my wife that kind of looks after me and I, I love her to death and I appreciate all she does. And, and we have to kind of look out for each other and we are looking out for you as well. So one of those things that we'd like to do is we'd like to end with a positive note. So every week we're going to kind of end with an inspiration you no know, quote or something that will help you get through the week and make you think a little bit. And Brian has a really good one that I saw the other day on judging pro that I think is perfect for our first week. You know, Matt, I, I would agree 100% with you. You know, doesn't matter whether you're involved in the livestock industry, if you're teaching 
if you're the town dog catcher, if you're a lawyer, if you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, there's going to be good days and there's going to be days that are harder. And uh, all of us, I don't care who you are, probably are are on a journey that's going to have ups and downs. And, uh, you know, I think back, uh, one of my one of my favorite, I, I guess, speeches that I ever heard in, in a Grand Drive speech is one year we were out at Denver and Will Winter was judging the Barras and he gave the big be nice speech that you don't really know. Um, yeah. Everybody's story, you, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm obviously I'm paraphrasing here, but I would encourage you go look that up, man. They made T-shirts out of that. Uh, people have got posters of it It, because it was a great speech. It was a great message. And I guess it's something that Matt and I believe a lot in, in terms of, you know, there's going to be negative days. There's going to be days that you are elbows deep in freezing hog water and you're, you're just trying to get stuff patched up before everything freezes solid. And those aren't the fun days necessarily, but that a lot of times opens your eyes up to the really good stuff and makes you appreciate the the victories that inevitably come your way as well. And, and it's our job as humans just to lift each other up, whether it's that person yeah. in the in the drive through window. If you can make that person smile or check yeah, yeah. out of the gas station yeah. or whatever it is, we we got to we're in this together. And, you just uh, never know what what battle somebody's fighting you just absolutely don't. and it's, absolutely. it's easy to to be negative i'm i'm the world's worst at, and you know ask anybody that knows me you know I, I think of myself as a glass is half full type of guy most people that know me would not agree with that statement yeah they i'm incredibly negative i would tell you probably i'm a realist which means yeah when i see a catastrophe coming i i know that there's a catastrophe coming <laughs> you know you mentioned that you know every week we we throw something up on judging pro and i'm glad you like this one it was one that i guess in my mind you know, I think everybody has that time when you feel a little bit alone or, or you don't know, you know, who have I got in my corner? Absolutely. And, and we we put one up, oh, last week or week before, and it just says this. Your circle should want to see you win. Your circle should push you every day. But your circle should encourage your growth. If you've got that, then you've got people in your corner. You've got the right circle, and man, they're going to lift you up, and you're going to you're going to achieve something. Something good is coming your way, and I think it's important to keep that in perspective. You're never alone. You're never that far down. Somebody's always got your back. You just may not see it in the moment. I couldn't agree more. And uh, welcome everybody to our circle. The That's Beards right, and Banner Circle, and uh, we look it is an to odd. Circle to be in, <laughs> but you're in it now. Yeah, whether you liked it or not. Baby. That's right. You're a part of the family now. <laughs> yep. Okay. Let's hope so, William's luck doesn't strike. Yeah. Well, I have found I have found that it doesn't really rub off. It's it's Good. kind of a that's, you know I think I think it's a I think it's a dominant trait hidden yeah. way down in there that you got. Um, but. But I think that's what it is. But boy, that was fun, man. And I'm looking forward yeah. to next week. And Heck yeah. we got some, we got some, we have some great things to talk about already. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it, man. That was fun. And uh, have a great week. And uh, don't forget to give I, us a follow on social media. Look for us, reach out when you've got good ideas for segments, you've got questions you want answered and an honest answer because even if it's not popular, we're going to tell you what we think. Um, or hey, we're going to put it out there. We want to know what you're listening to in the barn. We're always looking for some good jams. All right. So snap us, DM us, 
reach out to us. We'd love to know you're listening. Have a great week. Look after each other and look after your neighbors. That's right. Don't forget, be nice.